Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Uh, we are going to be doing an episode of The Stack, doing a little review of the Mondo Batman animated series figure that our good friends at Mondo were able to send us, as well as uh, talking about uh, some of the books for this upcoming week. Um, the final week of, actually, now that this comes out, I think it's going to be the first week of December, right? The last part of November, first week of December. But uh, let's go around the round table, see what we got in the room. Uh, we got Legends of Lego Batman over in Southern California. I'm back in the stack, Jack. We got uh, the Grandpa Batman himself from Dallas, Texas. Well, tonight it's Grandpa Snot Rocket. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> Grandpa Sniffles. Yep. Uh, we got Robin D. Cross over in Canada. Insert witty comment. <laughs> I am uh, Bad Force Tom, also in Southern California. Um, unfortunately, uh, our uh, very uh, own Trunkler could not be with us this evening. We were expecting him to be with us, and uh, we we're just hoping that he gets his work done so he can finally fucking make his way onto the show. I know all you guys, I've, I've gotten some DMs, I've gotten some uh, people adding me, where's the Trunkler? Uh, we're getting him back, he is alive and well. Um, he's just been enjoying himself uh, a bit as he... Uh, sent his uh, family packing for a few months, and uh, I want to say every night it's either Tarantino, what well, not Tarantino's, Giordano's, or what's the other place that he's always ordering from? No, Tarantino's that? is a place that I want to go to. I, Portillo's. I, Portillo's. There it is. The the chocolate uh, chocolate cake shake and all that good stuff. Uh, anyhow, Robin, we got a sweet little figure. Uh, for those of you who are not in the know, Mondo has been putting out, first I think it started with statues, I believe. Uh, they started getting themselves into the statue game. Uh, about a couple of years ago, Grandpa Batman went on down to um, Austin. Mondo for Con. Yeah. Mondo Con, Mondo right? Con. Yeah. Yep. And was uh, lucky enough to talk to Brock Otter from Mondo about uh, expanding their, basically what they do over at Mondo. They were primarily working with print working and um, vinyl and and prints, really, really high-end vinyl and prints. Um, anytime you go to a big convention and you want to get a Mondo, there's a huge line. But they started expanding to collectibles, hardline things, so statues and figures. And uh, Gramps, you went to go check out, uh, I think it was Francesco Francavia who was doing the uh, the Vampire Batman statue reveal, right? Correct. That was the, the inaugural um, piece, I believe. And then they've also come out with some Ninja Turtles figures since then. Uh, they're pushing the Masters of the Universe 112 figures right now, which look fucking awesome. I'm sorry, 16 figures. Excuse my French. Uh, so they're 12-inch figures um, that are pretty much kind of like, they're not exactly trying to compete with Hot Toys, but uh, it's kind of they're, they're stepping into the realm of uh, 16 figures and uh, highly posable more so than I would say a Hot Toy. Um, the Masters of the Universe figures look fucking rad. That Skeletor looks awesome. But one of the biggest ones that are coming out, uh, I want to say, fairly soon, is going to be the Batman the Animated Series line. They've got two figures coming out. They're going to see how well those sell. Based on the sales and the pre-orders for those, they will hopefully continue that line. They've already teased um, artwork for the Joker. I think I saw Harley. What else was there that they teased? It was a Batgirl? I don't remember any others. Was yeah, there Batgirl. I think it was a Batgirl, a Joker... I don't know if it was a Harley. I think it was Batgirl and Joker. And I think man, it was a Shoker, actually. A Shoker. Okay, it was a Shoker. <laughs> Pardon. Little Baby Legends corrected me. A Shoker, 
I do I do think it was a Batgirl, not a Harley, and then it was Batman and uh, the Freeze that we've already seen. So, like I said, um, check out mondonews.com. You'll get pictures of... Actually, you can just check our feeds, too. Check Robin D. Cross. Uh, I posted a couple of them on mine. Check the Bat Force. Um, and, uh, like I said, highly posable, 12-inch, 1-6 scale, animated series figures. Robin, you have your hands on uh, the uh, review piece. What do you think about it now that you've gotten your hands on it? Yeah, it just uh, made some noise reopening uh, the boxes again here. So... Uh, being at the scale that it is, uh, this is probably the best paint job that we've seen on any animated series style figure so far. Uh, wow. Doing this size, they can get a lot more detail on it. So everything looks looks really good at this size. And there's a ton of articulation. If you're into doing posing, if you're going to be doing uh, photography or anything with it, there's definitely a lot of articulation. Like you have the the pivot points on the elbows, so you can turn the arm all over the place. Robin, have you tried posing it? And at any point, did you feel like any of the limbs would easily break off? This thing is beefy as fuck, so I think you would have a hard time breaking anything on it. None of the joints feel like they're particularly weak or anything like that. The one thing that I would say the his chest is really wide, so you're not really going to have an easy time getting his arm like across his chest very well, far he doesn't skip chest day you, you know no not at all but yeah none, none of the joints feel like uh feel like they're going to be fragile and come apart or anything like that that's something that early on with the prototypes um that was a fear that they were talking about was the reason that they held off releasing uh the figure for so long is because i think the first couple of prototypes they weren't really happy with um, the the stability of the figure and you know how strong the joints were and how much it would be a, a lasting figure and I think like I mean I, yeah I, I had a, I held it too so there's no uh, issues with that like this thing as long as you take care of it and display it and you know you don't thrash it around uh, it's made primarily of what like vinyl and plastic I feel like yeah um, so that shit is built to last it feels really cool it's a lot lighter than I thought it would be. Um, well, I mean, it's. I think it's the, uh, the appropriate weight. It's pretty top heavy. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's got it comes but, with a nice stand. And with uh, a lot of stuff too, like there are, in total, there are four left hands and four right hands, all for holding like uh, the batarangs, uh, the grapnel gun, and then there are just fist hands. Uh, with the standard version, you'll get three total heads: one with the regular face. One with sort of the, uh, you know, baring his teeth, the little uh, growl. And then there's the the Batman smirk. That looks a lot like uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne smirk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to get a, a double because I want to display both the hard act and the uh, regular Batman. Well, I hope, you yeah, already, so. uh, I hope you already ordered your exclusive Mondo because those are sold out. But the standard are still available on the site, and I think uh, if you order through a comic shop or a collectible shop, you can still get that one. Yeah, I got the exclusive Zim Route Boy. There you go. That sounded like a commercial. Mondo is not paying for this advertisement whatsoever. <laughs> well, is... unless they want to. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Mondo. I'll keep you afloat with all the purchases I make. There you go. But yeah, now that we're talking about the exclusive version, if you get the exclusive version, that comes with a second box. So the second box has the hard act head that Legends mentioned. Uh, you also have, uh, I think it's uh, the night vision goggles that come in with that. Yeah. Uh, another batarang, another hand with the thumbs up, and oh. the gigantic flowing cape. Like, this cape is the size of a baby. Yeah. Hmm. If you melt it down, you could probably swaddle one with it. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if that probably. was, I don't know if that was in the in the uh, design uh, idea, but you know you can if you want. It's kind of like Crocs. Like if you're lost in the wilderness, apparently you can boil them down and eat them. So they got <laughs> they got a lot of utility, you know. But um, the, yeah. the the cape is so big, and because it all sticks off to one side, like it's like flowing in the wind uh, design. I was worried that uh, it wouldn't stand up without using the stand, but I didn't have uh, a problem getting it to stand long enough to, to take some photos, at least. I saw that. Nice. I was Pinterested. I, I didn't realize you could do that. It, I was, uh, I thought you were doing some sort of magic, like getting the, like the, the forks to balance on the cup or something like that. 
<laughs> no, it didn't have to resort to any of that. Well, you but, know, uh, it does come with the uh, with the stand as well. So it's uh, a wide Batman base, like the Bat logo base, with the the part that sticks under with the sort of up the crotch hook. Yeah. Well, I think it. You know, it also goes. It uh, should be mentioned that the polarity over in Canada is different because if you look at the way that you guys sit on the dinner plate of the flat Earth that has been confirmed, um, I think the gravitational pull allows your gravity to be a little bit lighter or weaker. Therefore, yeah, it, uh, yeah it's like how in Australia toilets flush the other direction. Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It all it's just the way the firmament is placed above the dome and you know the um, yeah it's just it's all it's science gobbledygook I don't want to get into it but the biggest question that I had was you know um, I guess is it is it stable enough to you know just stand on its own because its feet are so narrow and it does look a little top heavy but uh, there there's enough at least when he's at least when it's brand new, the articulation of the ankles is stiff enough that he doesn't uh, tip over. That's what she said. Now, yeah. that is something, you know, I don't know if over time, if you do a lot of moving around and stuff with it, they might end up loosening up enough that uh, that it can't bear its weight anymore. Right. Hmm. But at least for the time being, it's it's holding on just fine. So you're basically over time he will become old man ba- old man Bruce. Uh, maybe the coolest thing that comes with it is a little nod to the next piece coming out in the series, which is you have the little flask of chicken noodle soup that Alfred gave Batman. Nice. Is that part of the standard or is that part of the exclusive? Uh, that's in the standard box. God damn, I gotta give it to Mez... Dude, Mondo, I, I thought there was things on that standard that were only gonna be exclusive, but they that's a good little fucking figure you get standard. Yeah, well, like, just in the standard, let's see, if we count the stand, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 pieces. Damn. Uh, in the standard set. And yeah. then if you get the exclusive, you get an extra five pieces, including the giant cape and the hardack head. And the site didn't crash when I pre-ordered it. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, the price on the standard, I believe, is 125 right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blink. That, is, that is nutty compared like compared to the, the, the type of figures that are out there at that size and with the accessories that you get with it. I don't know if there's a better deal than that as far as collecting is concerned. Um, so Mondo is, they really want just any level of collector to kind of jump into this uh, because it's at a price point that pretty much anyone can afford for the most part. Um, it's a ridiculous quality figure for that price. I'm just glad yeah. they're only putting out one a year because this could get very expensive. <laughs> that freeze, man. I mean, the Batman looks great, but that freeze looks amazing that they've been teasing. So uh, I might have to put these out the way uh, DC Collectibles puts out their animated series line four oh, pieces no. at a time. <laughs> Not eating this month. <laughs> nope. Little Baby Legend says uh, has something to say about that. But uh, oh my goodness, little baby legends did not like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, all in all, how many uh, how many uh, poutine poutines would you give this set of five, Robin? This figure. This, this gets all of the poutines. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I really want to see uh, that uh, freeze in hand as well. Hopefully, um, I mean, just based off the pictures, that one looks incredible so i'm sure as good as as good as this batman is that freeze will probably be even better um so if you guys once again if you're interested in checking this out go to mondonews.com they got them on uh, pre-order right there they should be shipping if you've already ordered it um if you ordered it direct from the site i think it'll be shipping they said fourth quarter so before the new year um we heard that uh, anywhere from the end of november to beginning of december which is right now uh so if you have not gotten a email uh, notification will probably come soon. Anyways, 
And uh, if uh, if you're not into ordering it online, having it shipped to you, you can get it from uh, your local shops. Uh, it is available through Diamond, and it's currently scheduled to be in shops the first week of January. There it is. Alrighty then. Um, let's move on to the old stack. So, uh, like we mentioned, we're going to be going over some of the new DC comics that are coming out. We're also going to be jumping back and forth because we missed a couple of weeks of the stack. Uh, it's been the holiday season for Thanksgiving. Um, so, we've kind of been here and there, not been able to cover the stack. So, I think we missed an episode of, or an issue of Batman. Um, there's a couple of Justice League issues that came out. But uh, the big talk of the week is going to be Heroes in Crisis issue number three, which is the big event book that Tom King is writing with art by, um, who's the artist again, Robin? Uh, that would be Clayman. Oh, Clayman. I thought it was the other guy. Uh, now, this issue in particular, though, is uh, a bit of a departure. From Clayman? Yes. Uh, so, Clayman only does the first and last pages in this issue. What? But if you're going to have a Heroes in Crisis issue not be drawn by Clayman, then who else would you want it drawn by than Lee motherfucking Weeks? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, Lee, uh, Lee came in and really killed this issue and uh, did a great job on all the pages that are sandwiched, be- sandwiched between Clay's pages. Um, anybody who is not reading Heroes in Crisis, uh, you want to give them a quick little recap, Robin, of the first two issues? Just the quick events real quick. Yeah, so uh, Tom King had been setting this... Uh, up through his Batman run, we saw some of the characters uh, sort of enduring too much. Uh, Poison Ivy uh, in her arc after controlling the, everyone in the world. And then we saw Booster after going back in time and seeing uh, a version of Bruce killed after seeing uh, that timeline's version of everyone else killed. Uh, so basically setting up that you know, it's possible for these characters to see too much and uh, suffer uh, a little too much mental trauma from it. So we see uh, a place that's been set up by the Trinity for heroes, villains that have just had too much to go and recover and sort of like a, uh, a treatment center, you know, we're getting therapy. Right. Uh, so... We're introduced to this place, but as as we're introduced to it, uh, something bad has happened, and a whole lot of heroes have been murdered, moited, moited, mm. like yeah. dead. A lot of which has uh, caused some stir and con- I mean, a lot of stir and controversy uh, over on the internets, primarily of the mm-hmm. uh, the twitters. People have been uh, sending twitters to uh, angry angry twitters to creators um but i mean we'll spoil it fuck it because we're already on issue number three if you haven't read the first two issues go read them because we're going to spoil it right now trigger warning to all you fucking snowflake uh comic readers <laughs> but um the biggest the biggest reveal in the first issue was that uh flash um wally west has from what we know at that point right he's dead indeed uh, who else was with him? Uh, as is uh, Roy Harper. That's right. That's uh, another big slash one. TV slash Red Arrow slash uh, Arsenal. TV's TV's Roy Harper. TV's uh, Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, that, that's same? the very same. Okay. Um, Bluebird. Is that his name? The dude that the uh, birds fucking yes. eating. Yeah. Yeah. At the very beginning. And that. That, that was that was like the creepiest one because he can shrink down sort of like uh, the atom. Yeah. So you see a shrunken version of him uh, being picked apart by birds. So fucking brutal. <laughs> it's so funny how there's such subtle brutality in uh, the way Tom yeah. King writes some of this shit. Um, another thing that was crazy was, I think it's in the first issue that uh, Booster's having that moment with Harley in the diner and she just starts stabbing the fuck out of him. Just like shanking the shit out of him as she's, uh, I believe, like like she's singing a nursery rhyme. Um, so the it's also not sure. Like you don't know if, if Booster's gonna survive that first issue. Um, in the second issue, they reveal a little bit more. That uh, is that the one where she beats the fuck out of Batman. 
yes, I bl- I think so. I think she beats the shit out of Batman in that issue as well. They try to try to uh, they try to. I think it is the second issue where they basically catch her. Or they try to catch her and she, and she gets away. Um, and then the second reveal in the issue number two that people were really pissed off about. I wouldn't say a lot of people were. I'll say there was yeah. a very small fraction, but they were v- pretty vocal that uh, Poison Ivy apparently perished at the hands of... I don't know. I mean, they didn't really make it that obvious. They just made it assume that Poison Ivy died. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's the interesting thing, uh, that confrontation between Harley and Booster in issue one stems from the fact that they both know all of... They both saw all of these bodies, and Booster thinks that he saw Harley do it, and Harley thinks that she saw Booster do it. Yeah, which is like, what the fuck's going on over there at uh, Sanctuary that makes people feel that way? And then we get a little bit of that this issue. Issue number three, the thing that I really liked, was it basically mm-hmm. shows you what's happening at Sanctuary, finally. It gives you an understanding of like what is the kind of quote-unquote therapy that the heroes are getting, and... Um, there's a cup. I mean, I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on and just go on a couple of limbs. But um, I think what reveals the most is the way that um, Wally and Booster are using Sanctuary, two very different ways. And also, actually, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Boy? Lagoon Boy. Lagoon Boy too. Yeah. They're all. Everyone's using it, I guess, their own way. Lagoon Boy is literally fucking reliving his trauma, like yeah. physically reliving the trauma of watching his team pretty much like die. Um, and and he's, getting blasted himself over and over again. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting way. So he's got like obvious PTSD, and he's just like reliving it. He's basically showing Sanctuary what he experiences in his mind, and he's he's kind of, in a way, like physically acting it out to I guess um, to to. And it's it's funny coming from my background. Like this is I, I'm Tom King must have read some like books on PTSD or like therapy for PTSD clients. I know that he was uh, part of the CIA and he had a lot to do with uh, interrogation, not interrogation, but, um, you know, chasing after terrorists and stuff like that. So he yeah, knows a thing or two. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about coming back from, from war and probably friends of his that he's talked to um, and how people experience PTSD. But that is a very common thing that actually kids do is when kids go through traumatic events, Lagoon Boy, is that a kid will go through a traumatic event. Unlike adults, adults are hopefully able to talk about it and process it. Kids don't know how to do that. Specifically on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Kids uh, will act out their trauma. <laughs> Kids will draw pictures of their trauma. Kids will take toys and they'll recreate their trauma through play. So like, if there's like a, uh, a near-death experience, like there's a kid that I see and um, he's, he's got this near-death experience where he got run over by a car. So he's constantly drawing pictures of getting himself run over. He's constantly drawing pictures of going to the hospital. That's their way of dealing with trauma. So it's really interesting that Tom King's doing that with Lagoon Boy. It's like pretty fucking um, out of the book. Um, the craziest one that, that I saw too is uh, Booster. Booster creates like an externalized version of himself that essentially like talks shit to him and is trying to make sense of what's been going on with him. So he's got like a clone of himself almost, like a projection of himself that is helping him process that stuff. And then Wally's... But then they start fighting. Yeah, okay, so the thing about that, so where where my mind first went in this issue was, you see them fighting, and like, do they actually physically fight? I don't... They do, don't they? Yeah, they start to. So my thing is like, shit, like what if like Harley was doing that and it wasn't necessarily her, or it's not her. She's not herself because, like, you know, let's say if you split your personality like that and you have conversations with yourself, what keeps the other one from taking control and then acting out all these crazy things that are in your mind that you don't really want to do, you know? Um, yeah, the, the first thing that I thought when I saw how aggressive this other booster was becoming was what if this is the tech of sanctuary which is explained to us in this issue is uh superman's kryptonian tech from the fortress uh built by batman with wonder woman's compassion right but what if something is going wrong with this tech or it's being controlled by someone else right well it's like something happened to take out the compassion yes yeah and that's what <clears throat> goes haywire and really starts, you know, 
taking control and actually it's you know because they go into it's almost like a do you remember what was it star trek the next generation where they had like the holographic deck and they could relive whatever they wanted yeah that's what this room is right they go into their therapy room and they recreate what they want visualize what they want and then they deal with it and you know lagoon boy he's reliving you know his his team getting blasted that's why he's got this ray shooting him over and over because he feels guilty being a survivor and buzz uh booster gold he's angry at himself so he creates and projects himself and then he starts fighting himself and then uh what does flash do flash he he's reliving the family that he's missing yeah that's right He's, he's thinking about who he's like left behind and then as far as what's going wrong with the system, uh, before I get to that, I want to say, Gramps, you sound sexy AF. <laughs> uh, but if we go back earlier in the story, uh, when, who was it that Batman was autopsying? Uh, Mr. Captain... Mr. Captain, that's it. Captain. So he's, he's autopsying, autopsying Mr. Captain. Captain and Irrelevant. So uh, he has impervious skin, so you know he's figuring out how this guy was killed, and he sees that he had choked on something. Mm. And he pulls those chattering teeth out of his throat. Right. And in the previous issue, when it's revealed to us that Ivy is dead uh, via Harley's eulogy to her, when she's uh, apologizing and you know going over her regrets, she says that she shouldn't have loved Mr. J and that she shouldn't have helped him. Right. So maybe that you know what she's referring to helping him could be infiltrating sanctuary or something. Yeah. Yeah. Is is it her? <clears throat> is it her being uh, regretful of helping him? Like in the past, like history wise or like recently with the events that have happened. So it's, it's, I saw somebody on, was it Twitter that, uh, mentioned like Tom King does not tell a story. It reveals itself to you over time. And that's why uh-huh. he's such a good storyteller, which is true because he is telling a story, but there's so much set up to the part of the way, to the, to the way he kind of tells it, you know, it's nothing, nothing certain until the very end when he reveals it all to you. Um, yeah, it it uh, it's definitely how many issues is this gonna be? Nine. Nine. Yep. Nine monthlies. God damn it. We're was not it gonna initially know. six? I don't remember. Uh, originally, initially it was going to be seven issues with two specials. Got it. But uh, I think it was Tom's decision that he didn't want it to to get you know. Of have like a, a tie-in or you know a special or something like that so rather than having complications like that they would just extend it to nine issues you know nine issues in the main title and just keep it that way right um just going over some of the critiquing that this series has gotten all uh most of it unwarranted because it sounds like people are just reading the synopsis or the previews and they're judging it based on that um and not really taking it for the story that it is. People are just mad when characters die. It's just going to naturally happen. People are mad that they're alluding to the fact... I think the most the most outrage has been Wally West because he was such a big part of Rebirth. And people were excited to see him return in Rebirth. So I think that's the biggest one. Another one is Arsenal. Um, realistically, I mean, I barely heard anything about Poison Ivy. Like, I've, I've heard a couple of people like, eh, it sucks, whatever. Um, but really, uh, everyone is angry about deaths, and almost every one of them blames Dan DiDio. Yeah! Again, <laughs> because he said one thing about Nightwing, like, ten years ago. That was probably a joke. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Is this story canon? I'm assuming so. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's all been set up through his Batman run. So, And, and yeah, the, the effects of it, yeah, uh, like the character deaths have uh, had repercussions in you know Green Arrow. issues involving those characters. Yeah, Green Arrow. We saw uh, Ollie at Roy's funeral. funeral in the next issue of Red Hood. 
Uh, following uh, issue That's one, right. we saw Bruce actually being oh. the one to tell Jason Todd uh, about Roy's death. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is going to be canon. However, no, like as far as what the lasting effects will be, is still to be seen. But um, yeah, <laughs> blame Dan for every fucking thing you don't like. Very silly. Um, I I've enjoyed it much more so than I think I initially expected to. I don't know if this just wasn't on my radar or if I was just like whatever or distracted. But as Heroes in Crisis approached more and more, I was like, okay. Um, but it has been very, uh, very cool, man. I like this kind of stuff that, uh, Tom King is getting to take his time and we're not going to know shit probably until the very last issue for sure. Yeah. So I welcome that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, it's right from issue one, uh, Heroes in Crisis is the thing I look forward to most, uh, when each issue is coming out, when, when we get, uh. When we get that week's batch of books in, and it's a Heroes in Crisis week, that's the first book that I go to. Yeah, um, thing about us is, I think we do. I mean, there's no reason to bitch about books we don't like. If you don't like something, you're just not going to hear us talk about it very much. Um, yeah. There's no. I mean, there's enough of that going on on the internet, and we're not going to pile onto it. So if there's something that we hate or dislike, we're just not talking about it on the show because we're not reading it. But if we're talking about it, it's because we're reading it and we're enjoying it. Um, or it's just a very big event that we need to kind of discuss to kind of flush out and see how it affects everything. But I think this is one that, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys like it? Everyone who read it, I think, for the most part, is intrigued. Still, Makes me oh, curious. Yeah. Still really early on. I mean, it's only that's another thing, too, that I've been seeing is people are so fucking mad and they're already writing it off. It's like it's a nine-issue monthly, dude. Like, you're only three issues in. Like, anything could happen, basically. So, Lagoon Boy is killed by some sort of spear... Then they show right. Harley hit um, Wally. The Flash with, yeah, with her mallet. Right. So yeah. was, was she was she using the spear, or is that somebody else using the spear? And then she comes into play. They don't necessarily. I mean, I think it alludes that it's Harley, but what the fuck was it that she was using? Or maybe it's a two person job, and then the other person is like somewhere in the background. All you see is Booster and Harley at the end. So who knows? I I don't think it's just Harley. I I don't think. It's that simple. I mean, I don't know, man, but I also think that it's just kind of too obvious for it to be Joker with the chattering teeth, too, though. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like I said, I think it might be... Um, the saddest thing would be if, if it's if it's a, a catastrophe of their own making and that Sanctuary just is like a fucking robot machine that you... It just got a kink in it, you know? It just got a fucking virus and... A projection of what was supposed to help you process grief is actually turning on itself and making you fucking kill people. You know? Yeah, they 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 just need to update their sound <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the firmware is out of whack. So, um, all right, strong third issue. What else is on the old agenda? I believe, uh, real quick. I mean, I was telling Robin off the air. Um, I don't know if you guys are reading Justice League by Scott Snyder. Um, that book is a fucking monster right now, and it's splintering off into Justice League Odyssey and Justice League Dark. Uh, Justice League Dark specifically has its own little uh, mini event going on that ties into it, but you can kind of read that on its own and enjoy that for what that is. Um, the main thing that's happening in Justice League right now is Drowned Earth, uh, where to boil it down to its core... Um, Sea gods from outer space are coming to invade and fuck everybody up. So uh, that's that's a sentence you have never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> Alien sea gods are fucking mad. It's pretty cool. Like um, they're talking about Arion, who is a character that kind of goes back uh, in the history books for DC, but it's basically saying that early on uh, during Atlantis's creation, Atlantis was a a surface a surface city that Poseidon and Arion were kind of helping to influence and uh, breathing life into it, basically, and they wanted to create more civilizations like that. So um, Arion took the power of, oh, I'm trying to remember, I think it's the life force, and he was trying to basically like implant that onto other planets to make Atl similar civilizations on other planets. Um, Poseidon was greedy, and Poseidon didn't want to 
let that happen because he was just like, what if it goes wrong? And so he begins to influence Arion to not share that. And instead of creating the life force and, and taking that to other planets, they create, um, oh, fuck, man, it's kind of escaping me right now. I think it's the tears, uh, the tear, tear of destruction, I think it is. Basically, like, it's the anti-fucking... Yeah. Was, it, was it the tear of extinction? Tear of extinction, yeah, tear of extinction. So it's like, it's literally like a tear, or it's literally a liquid that causes this great extinction. Um, it goes all wrong. So rather than, like, helping other civilizations to flourish, they basically send that shit and uh, infect other alien worlds. And then they, similar to kind of how Superman, or rather uh, Jor-El did with Zod, they create this, um, what's it called? Uh, the uh, the key opens it up. It's the, um, oh, fuck, the Graveyard of Gods. They create this yeah. Graveyard of Gods and, in, and basically entrap these aliens in the Graveyard of Gods, and they lock them in there. And it's kind of like in the Tomb of Arion. That's where it's hidden. And so... Um, Arthur Curry, Aquaman, is trying to find a way to help the Justice League um, get a hold of the anomaly that has happened where the uh, Legion of Doom is trying to take over control of uh, this fucking power to basically wipe out the Justice League and create take control over humanity. Uh, Arthur is looking for a way to uh, help out the Justice League, so he thinks, oh, well, there's this key and there's life force and if we unlock it from where orion's tomb is arion's tomb they go into arion's tomb and instead of fucking finding a way to help them they unlock the graveyard of gods and that's what unleashes these aliens um they take his power they give it to black manta and the shit just hits the fucking fan and that's basically what's going on right now the art is super badass they had um a couple of different artists but the last couple were obviously georgie jimenez jorge jimenez was doing the the overall run of Justice League, but uh, Francis Manipal also came in, did some art for that. For the, I like his his ocean stuff, his underwater stuff is really cool. But um, Snyder is just going fucking insane on this Justice League run. It's like it's got so many layers and it's got so many like intricate pieces to it that all coincides back to um, what Lex Luthor is doing. That uh, eventually down the line, I think sometime in 2019, we'll see the payoff. But Snyder's teasing it with all these things that are intertwining in between, but it's it's cool, man. I like it a lot. I don't know if you guys are reading it, but I highly yeah, recommend it, it. If you're a fan, it, it is dense, yeah, as anything. Like it's it's like the oatmeal of comic book stories. Yeah, it, I I would liken it to uh, um, Morrison's run on JLA, where there was a bunch. I mean, anything fucking Morrison does for an extended period of time is all going to have intercollecting links that lead to a bigger story, but. Um, the JLA stuff with the white Martians and that was really cool. This is, seems, it feels very similar to this where Snyder's allowed to have this big landscape and he can do whatever he wants. And I think like as good as some of the stuff that he was doing for Batman is, I think that he was kind of like handcuffed to Gotham. And I think like metal was kind of his way of breaking that shit open, literally breaking the, the source wall and expanding, um, he has the ability to just paint vast fucking worlds uh, that I think he was... That's why the Court of Owls is so good. Because he was able to take this little piece of history and just fucking wedge it into Batman mythology and create, like, another part of Batman history. And he's kind of doing that. That, that was history. So he made history with Batman. He's creating the future with the Justice League right now is basically what he's doing. So, um... It's good shit. If you guys, I would I would suggest if you are not able to keep up with single issues, this is going to be a monster in trade. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll do like an omnibus or something like that because there's going to be enough of it um, when all is said and done with it. So I feel like that's the only way I can read a book like that. Yeah, it's like all at once, you know. Jorge Jimenez's R two is that guy's a monster, dude. Yeah, he was doing the Super Sun stuff and some other things. Super Sun's also getting an omnibus. Legends, you hear that? Yeah, I already have it on my IST wish list. Oh, cheers. Um, anyhow, you know what? I'm surprised they don't have a Capullo Snyder omnibus yet. I'm assuming that'll come. They're just trying to do what they're doing is uh, they're getting you every step of the way. With uh, there's been like already three or four different versions of. Oh, they're not. They're not getting me every step of the way. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they've they've got like two or three different slipcase versions of it. They've already come out with two versions of it. 
Um, but they're eventually going to do an omnibus. I mean, if they're doing it with Super Sons, you got to you got to think they're going to do like it with, uh, they gave they gave Tony Daniels an omnibus for Deathstroke, and they're not giving Snyder a Capullo one. Okay. They're testing the waters, I think, with a lot of the new Fifty Two stuff. They got Red Hood and the Outlaws got an omnibus. Like what? Yeah, I got that bad boy. Do you? Is it good? I heard that was I don't a good know. run. I, I, I never, I never pulled the single issue, so I was like, all right, sure, I'll pick up the omnibus. I heard, I heard people enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's, is that Scotty Lobdell or is that Dan Jurgens that wrote that? No, it's, uh, it's not Jurgens. It's Lobdell. Lobdell. Uh, Dan Jurgens. What did he write that I was like, no shit, he wrote that. I gotta get that. Um. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but there's something that I recently read. I'm like, gotta get it. Dan Jurgens. Anyways. Gramps. What? You were you were you were hitting the uh old granny what is it, old old lady Harley bong? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean just just out of curiosity, I had to read the old woman or old lady Harley just to see what this is about. And I mean it's kind of a, you know, outside my norm of what I'll read, but you know, some outside of these books, of your break, I just, yeah, you know, some of these books, I, I, it's kind of good to kind of get outside your normal palette just to see what's the purpose of these books being written, especially, you know, why do we need an old woman Harley book? Um, and I mean, it, it, it kind of follows in. The same vein as um, the current Harley um, run. I mean, it's it's you know kind of silly and, and and stuff like that, playful. But at the same time, it it's this issue gets kind of dark because it shows um, what becomes of Bruce Wayne. You know, at a really advanced age, it's almost like beyond Kingdom Come. Hmm. Um, where he becomes, you know, in his advanced age, he's like, um, got that basically, skeleton we can, suit. <clears throat> yeah, he basically just makes himself into like a supercomputer cyborg controlling. And, and it looks like he's a part of a Batmobile. Yeah, it's, it's creepy as hell. But the biggest reveal was between, um, and this was kind of alluded to in one of the animated movies. And it's funny to see that now coming into the comics, there's a relationship that Harley had with a certain, um, you know, member of the Bat family. Hmm. You mean uh, Richard? Well, uh, Rich. 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 Sorry, Rich. Yeah, Rich. Yeah. Hmm. So that was that was kind of interesting, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. who's riding it? Is it Bruce Tim? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there. Uh, so there won't be uh, any unexpected sex scenes in it. <laughs> Bruce Tim wishes. <laughs> yeah. Another book I read <clears throat> out of the stack was The Silencer. Have you guys been reading that? Been seeing uh, it. I have kept up with the New Age of Heroes. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool because. Um, who she is, she's like Talia Al Ghul's right hand assassin in her splinter cell. You know, I'm interested. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talia Al Ghul's got her splinter cell, the Leviathan, and um, she's like her right hand assassin. But eventually she becomes kind of disenchanted with it and wants her freedom. And she wants she wants out of it. Right. And she meet she meets a guy and they so she makes a deal with Talia Ghoul to say, "Hey, if if I do this one thing, um, one more mission, I, I want to be free." And Talia agrees. And eventually, the whole story is about she's never free from from being an assassin, and she's got to protect her family and all this stuff. And it's kind of neat. I guess the purpose of this book is really cool because it shows and it lets these writers play with other characters in the Batman mythos that you normally don't see, you know, especially like Talia Ghul, you know, because they don't use her all that much in the Batman. Mm. But now she's got a, you know, a side 
story that that eventually could connect with Batman because um, Batman gets involved with the silencer in like I don't know what issue it was early in the early in the series, but now it's kind of taken on a, a life of its own, um, and this this assassin girl um she's pretty kick-ass she's basically think of her like deathstroke mm. uh, mm. hasn't, uh, i think deathstroke has been involved uh in the series yeah they they had a um a showdown once nice yeah could she take out lady shiva whoa i don't know we'll see probably but i mean it's kind of a you know, if you're looking for something to read that's, you know, kind of related to Batman, but also in its own other, you know, little element, you know, check out Silencer. Yeah, definitely. Um, Got to dig into that New Age of Heroes. There's some, is it damage that's basically like, uh, almost seems like Crazy Hulk? That one looks cool. I love the Hulk, so anything similar is going to be awesome to me. Um, Robin, did you read anything else? I think you and in, in, uh, Neil Legends hit up another book this week. Oh, Kings yeah, of Fear. Uh, yeah, Kings of Fear. Uh, our boy, Kelly Jones. Right. Still drawing comics like it's 1994, and it's awesome. Nothing wrong oh. with that at all. Nope. Dude, he is putting in some work in this book. Yeah. Yeah. There's... And I, I gotta say, the colorist is really kicking ass, too. Who's yeah, the colorist is doing a great job. What's her name? Um, no. Pull that up. Was little Baby Legend said no. Michelle Madsen. Michelle Madsen. She's kicking ass. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share something here, and this is just I I you know, it's it's for me it feels a little different than uh, the colors to me give a different feel than traditional Kelly Jones artwork. It's very bright. So to, for me to see uh, his dark pieces contrasted with that brightness is uh just new to me so i was telling robin um i'd love to see this book in a noir format any kelly jones work i'd love to see in noir i mean it's so goddamn good and uh i think also um what do they do what's the other one that they do unwrapped yeah unwrapped is the pencils, is, uh, right? Pencils and uh, Noir is inks. God, DC's like, really got us by the fucking balls, right? About to call those the raw dog comics. I love those. <laughs> I love those, and 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 it's like the perfect way to get people like us. Like, I'll fucking buy that. I'll buy that right now. It makes me feel bad for the colorists, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think. Um, the one of the first ones was it? Uh, it might not have been one of the first ones I got, but it made me appreciate the 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 unwrapped made me appreciate the um, inks, because um, was it Hush where you see Jim Lee's raw pencils, and some of that stuff is loose, man, like yeah. really loose. And you look at the the work, and then you look at either the finished product or just the inks from the uh, noir version, and you're like. Holy shit, like, Scott Williams is a fucking, like, master. And then I think I asked him at a con one time, I was like, you know, I saw this, I saw that unwrapped version of Hush, and, like, how the fuck do you fill that in? Like, how does you know where where Jim is going? And he's like, ah, it's like a marriage. Like, we've been doing it for 20-plus years. You kind of just speak the same language after a while. And it's, it's, it's true, man. Like, you got to get into the head of your artist to really know, like, where he meant to go with some of this shit, because, like, Sometimes I'll see some raw, some raw pencils, and I'll be like, "What the fuck? Where? Like, how does a guy know how to fill that in and where to go with this and that? It's crazy." Yeah, it looks a lot of stuff looks like it has to be a nightmare. Like, you'll see a, a full page of pencils, even if it's a, a splash page, and where do you even yeah. start? It's ridiculous. Like some of the stuff in metal, man. Like some of the stuff where that that Capullo was doing, where it's like. Uh, that mountain, and then it's like, you know, a whole team, and there's all this shit happening in the background, and it's like, oh my god. Oh yeah, how much time do they have to, before even starting to ink, how much time do they have to just look over the whole page, like, okay, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they all have... has really loose pencils. Yeah. 
Who who does his uh, inks? Miki did it for the end of the run, but was it FCO? Placentia? I think it was FCO and Metal. No, Glapian. It was Glapian. Yeah, Glapian. Glapian. Oh. FCO does the colors, I think. Um, <laughs> I like Glapian. Uh, I I would like to see like Have you guys seen the the commissions and stuff that he does? Yeah, yeah, dude. Like he does Princeton things. Like, man, I I would just like to see him do a book. Legends. I was gonna say Legends. You ever seen uh, Scott Williams commissions? Yeah, I've I've. He has really he has really tight pencils. Dude, it's basically like you're getting a Jim Lee. Like if you can't afford the Jim Lee stuff, just get one from Scott Williams, man. It's fucking that good. If I were to get Williams, I would get a Cyclops for sure. Oh god, yeah, you got to get some X-Men. Yeah, I I feel like if you've been inking somebody's work for that long that you're going to know how to draw just like them. Yeah. Just muscle memory of you know doing thousands of pages over the years. It's weird. Like, at what point do you say that an artist's style is just theirs and not the team that he's been working with for as long as he has? Yeah, fair point. Like the Scott Williams stuff, man. It's like you see some of his stuff, and it's like, god damn. Like, it it's it looks like Jim Lee, but really, like, it's his shit too. Yeah. So, um. I feel like we just need to talk about this. Two things. One of them, the variant covers uh, for Detective Comics recently. Um, several by, uh, what's his name? Mark, Mark Brooks. Brooks. Oh, my God. Like Yeah, I love, I love his. He does a lot of these movie poster-looking variants. Cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a whole scene inside of Batman's cape. Yeah. A crying child love, glistening in the eye. I, I love the vehicles he draws. Yeah. Kind of like... Like, the, like that Batmobile one. The Mean Prince. You know, I really think that that's probably one of my favorite Batmobiles I've ever seen. It's got a lot of Keaton in it. It's got a lot of everything. Yeah. Um, he's been amazing. And... Go ahead. At the same time that he's doing those is fucking Athena yes. on Batman. Yes. He's, and, and he's doing a lot, too. Like, he's done a lot of Flash variants, yeah. too. And very, he's doing a lot of Spawn. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's man. been on Spawn for a while now, I think. The, the, most recent, the most recent one he did for Batman, the Penguin, Bane, and Batman cover, that looks fuck. That's yeah. one of my favorite covers, like, ever, dude. That's so amazing. Amazing work. Yeah, so those two guys right now are fucking killing it right now. Uh, another one, um, not DC, but I mean DC in a way, but uh, Marvel. Um, David Finch doing a lot of the Marvel variants right now. Yep. Fuck hey, you did, uh, what, Uncanny number one? Yep. And uh, an Avengers? He did Avengers, the new Avengers book. They uh, He did that X-Men book. He did that last uh, Moon Knight that just ended. I picked mm -hmm. up all those, man. They look fucking great. And so, then he had his uh, Walking Dead number one uh, variant for Walking Dead Day last there you month. Go. Month before. Yeah, a lot of good artwork out there right now. A lot of it's a lot of insane artists. A lot of great writers. It's just it's a good time right now. It's a very good time. Um, some other books that we didn't get to tonight that uh, uh, deserve uh, some attention. Let me open up the old box app here. Uh, once again, thank you to DC Comics for sending us the uh, books early so that we can review them for everybody and uh, let everybody know what we're enjoying and let them know what you should be reading. Action Comics 1005 uh, just came out. Aquaman Justice... Okay, that kind of also goes into what... I read this one too. Um, Aquaman Justice League number one, Drowned Earth. Uh, people were confused online because they did a Justice League Aquaman number one. They did a Justice League uh, Wonder Woman number one, and they did a Wonder Woman Justice League number one. Those are all specials, um, like end-of-the-month specials that they throw in there that ties into the overall stories, and uh, the uh, Justice League ones have been great, so I love those. Batgirl came out, Batman Beyond, Kings of Fear we talked about. Flash has been great. Um, Williamson has been doing a great job. It's been announced that he's going to write, I think, at least one issue of Batman, if not a couple. 
um, as uh, two of them. Two yeah. of them. Yeah. So that's gonna be cool. Uh, he wrote <laughs> part of the button, so that was really good. So uh, looking forward to some of those that he's gonna be. Don't doing. you mean the button? The button. The button. Uh, another thing that I didn't get to finish this because it's eighty friggin' pages. But uh, the DC Nuclear Winter Special, it's sort of their Christmas special this year. So if you're a fan of the, uh, I lost the word, uh, the anthology kind of books that are a bunch of short stories. So this one is 10 short stories that are uh, all Christmas themed. Uh, so it starts off, uh, so basically the, the main story that ties all the uh stories within it together is a rip hunter story uh so we start with that and it's basically rip starts telling these people stories uh like it's in the rips in the future and he's about to be killed so to buy himself time he offers to tell these people stories about these heroes from the past interesting so it starts off with a Batman story, but it's a Damien Batman story. Whoa. So it's like, you know, the Batman 666. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing that did like uh, Gotham Garage and stuff like that. Uh, Garage? Uh, yes. The car hold. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Orlando does a Superman. Uh, there's a Paul Dini Firestorm story. Ooh. So, if you want to read any of that, uh, yeah, Nuclear Winter Special. Sounds fucking awesome. All right. There's a a Catwoman story, too. Oh, her. Yes. Oh, her. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else going on, gents? That does it for the books in the stack. We got Aquaman coming out pretty soon. Uh, Charles just put in kick that uh, Aquaman advanced pre-sale tickets have just toppled Avengers Infinity War advanced sale tickets. That's nuts. Dang. And Venom. Venom, dude, did you guys see that report on the Venom box office numbers? Venom Venom no. has already passed up Wonder Woman and what was the other one? Another crazy movie. It was a Disney movie. Venom is making serious fucking money, dude. It's close it's, it's Did you did you did you watch it? No, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. I know it got yeah, really... Yeah, I'm surprised to hear it making that much money based on the lukewarm reviews that I've heard. Well, the critics, I think, are the, the ones who bore it apart. Uh, the fans, it's like an 80% fan-fresh rating, I think, so... Most... But it's one of those movies, though, like, it got Jared Leto, you know? Like, we had Jared Leto talking about how much of his scenes got cut out of Suicide Squad. Venom had that, too, uh, with Hardy saying something about, like... His favorite forty minutes or something like that was cut out of the movie. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear that. But um, I mean, I guess I feel like it's making a lot of money just based off of the interest. Like, I don't think a sequel will do that great. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking Venom, dude. So he was at one point the biggest villain in comics in the nineties, right? You couldn't go anywhere without seeing Venom somewhere. So all those people who were kids then have money now to go take their kids to go see it. I think that's probably what we're seeing. Um, uh, another interesting thing about movies lately, uh, there's been uh, some information coming about uh, coming out about things that were going to be in some of the past DC movies. Right. Like uh, David Ayer had uh, had had a couple tweets confirming rumors that uh, originally Suicide Squad was going to be. Uh, uh, Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf was yes. Yeah, Steppenwolf was controlling uh, Enchantress. Enchantress, and that he was going to be the main bad guy. And then all of those alien slime monsters the that monsters. they fight through the movie, yeah, they were originally going to be parademons. Makes so much and more I sense. I think it was was it something from was it from Wonder Woman or something that we there was an image of her looking at uh, some dark side. Yeah, at some sort of uh, an etching or something. That was, that was from side. Justice League. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was Snyder. Snyder. Snyder also said someone put a picture of, of the uh, third act of Justice League where all like that root shit is sprouting, and then uh, Snyder saying, "Yeah, I don't know what all that root stuff is." 
Like, I, dude, I think that 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 whole third act with uh, with that Steppenwolf fight was completely altered from what originally um, Snyder had in mind. I who was is it Jay Oliva? Who was who the the guy who did the uh, Dark Knight Returns? He directed Dark Knight Returns, the animated one. Yeah, Jay Oliva directed a lot of the uh, DC animated so stuff. He was doing storyboard directing and art for Justice League under Snyder, and he was saying that the last fight and even who they fight is completely different than Snyder filmed. So that last third arc basically was completely different. And that uh, supposedly it, it contained uh, a black suit Superman fighting, um, a wardrobe change. Um, that third arc, there was way too much CGI. Well, that's because it was all the reshoots that they did, and to keep the budget tight, they just did a green screen on everything. Yeah, and I didn't like—I didn't like the color palette either. It was super colorful and weird. It was like uh, crystallized. Anyways, I mean, again, I'm one of the very few that I still enjoy that movie. I'll still watch it again. I've—I've I've seen it yeah. like three or four. I mean, more than that. I've seen it way more than that. I, I haven't watched nearly as much as BVS, but I'll fucking watch the shit out of Justice League still. Yeah, I fucking said it. You can at me too. At Bad Force Tom on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> fucking come at me. I like Justice League. Would have loved it if Snyder would have stayed on. But I liked it. Still do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish that we got his entire five movie arc that we were supposed to get. It just every day, like, it seems like every, no, nah, I wouldn't say every day. I would say, like, every month we get something new of, it's like a bitter breakup that he's given time. He, like, went away for six months, and then enough time has passed where it's no longer, like, it, the wound is somewhat healed. This doesn't cause so much pain, so he, like, releases a little bit of info here and there. Um, David Ayer, same thing. David Ayer is basically, in so many words, saying, like, look what they took away from me. Like, look what I could have given you, kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, if, especially for him, uh, like, Snyder had the benefit of everyone knowing that he had been uh, taken away from the movie before uh, yeah. it was completed. But whereas David Ayer, you know, we didn't know anything other than this was his movie. Right. So after the reception that it got, you know, not being the best, if I were him, I would definitely want to let people know that, hey, this wasn't my idea. Right. It's yeah, interesting. He, he, he still wants to make more movies, so he yeah. doesn't want people thinking that this is what he does. Yeah, he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds. Because I mean, he was still attached to, he was still attached to a, a sequel. I think they were even talking to him about doing um, what eventually has become the Birds of Prey, but it's, he's not going to be attached to it, uh, or a, a separate Joker Harley movie, which who knows if that's going to happen now. But yeah, he he didn't. He wanted to play along with the big boys, so he wasn't going to start fucking talking shit against the, his bosses, basically. But um, that makes me wonder and curious to why he's finally starting to talk now. Is it because he's com completely been released of any connection to uh, any future DC projects? That's kind of fucked up. Because in my opinion, I had never seen a bad David Ayer movie until until uh, Suicide Squad. Everything I, I know. saw of his... And I, I have to feel like that is why they chose him to do it. Right. But then after choosing him because they could see that he knows how to make a fucking movie, then they have him make a movie and they say, well, we're going to make some changes. So stupid. Basically, like, we're going to change everything. Don't make the movie you want to make. Make the movie we want to make, which is not the formula you've ever done before. It's like we're going to completely change why we hired you <laughs> in the first place. Legends. That's like buying, that's like buying a commission. And then you get it, and you erase the pencils, and you start drawing over it. Mm. Or, or you order the commission, and you tell him you want it to be a Mr. Freeze thing. You know, Freeze and Nora. And he goes, well, I, I decided to go with Scarecrow. <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude, I was, uh, I was reading some Bruce Tim or... Maybe we talked about this. I can't remember where I got the story from now. Bruce um, Tim threw a Funko Pop at someone's head. No, it was it was somebody paid. This was back when uh, maybe maybe Tom told me about it. 
when uh, Bruce Tim was still taking uh, List to do commissions the day before. <gasps> oh yeah. And then some somebody said, "I want Godzilla." Um, no, no, no. They said, "I want Luke Skywalker." And so the next day they come pick up the head sketch commission and uh, Bruce Tim draws him a Joker. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one I wanted. Here you go. Well, there is there is a time when I was signing up for a sketch by Bruce Tim and I looked at his list. It was after he had completed them. So he's got his list and you flip it over and you see he's checked off your name and he said either done or not done. And then I was looking through the list and I flipped it over and it's like Two-Face done, Harley done, Batman done, Joker done. Um, and then someone had put Godzilla and he just wrote no. <laughs> the audacity of him to draw a Joker when they asked like what if what if they fucking hated Batman or like the Joker and they really wanted a Luke Skywalker? Well, I guess if you hate Batman or Joker, you're probably not going to go to Bruce Tim, or you shouldn't have. It's like the $10 get what you get tattoo. You, you pay him $10 and you get what you get. Oh, man. Good shit, man. I don't know, I don't know if there will ever be a pinnacle of being Bruce Tim and throwing that Funko Pop at the fucking guy in line. <laughs> I, don't, I, will, I don't know if I'll ever hear a better story than that. Well, if you guys want to hear that story, just go back and listen to our San Diego Comic-Con uh, recap episode and hear all the details about how Bruce Tim threw a fucking Funko Pop at a guy in line because he was so mad. Uh, Holy shit. Holy oh, shit. I love you, Brucey. <laughs> but uh, anything else? Is that it for the stack, ladies and gentlemen? I think that does it. All right. We'll uh, catch you. Oh, what is it now? See you or we'll see you at another time.